Since 1973, Tattoo Charlie's has been an established body modification studio in Kentucky. Featuring world-renowned artists and piercers, currently with locations on Preston Highway and in Lexington. A staple point in the tattoo community. Learn more at TattooCharlie's.com. Set up your appointment today at 7904 Preston Highway. Our tattoos are done while you wait. Hey, are you all in a band? Do you need merch for shows? By now I'm sure you've seen all the Metal Forge patches that are available, along with many more. Well, the printer I use for those is UKR Patcher. Check them out on Facebook and Etsy. They do awesome custom work and for extremely affordable prices for any band budget. Check them out, UKR Patcher on Facebook and Etsy. Hey everyone, do you play tabletop games like D&D and Pathfinder? Well, hit up Eric at Imagination Studios. Uh, they do custom printing for all your minis for gameplay. Don't forget, they're a licensed Reaper, Artisan Guild, and more printer and dealer. Hit up ImaginationStudios502.com for more info. That's ImaginationStudios502.com. E-M-A-G-I-N-A-T-I-O-N, Studios502.com. Thank you for tuning into the Metal Forge. I am Mark Jackson and I'm your host. The premise of the show is pretty simple awesome interviews and awesome music. If you want to contact me, hit me up at metalforgeradio at gmail.com or visit the website metalforgeradio.com. And now, let's get this show on the road. What is going on, ladies and gentlemen? It is Friday, May 29th, and I'm your host, Mark Jackson. Welcome to the Metal Forge. Uh, Memorial Day week. Hopefully everybody had a safe Memorial Day. Uh, didn't get burned on any grills, you know. Um, it never seems to to fail that you always see some news story where some dumbass like burns himself somehow because he was stupid. But um, hopefully, you know, you had a good holiday in, in remembrance of those who have fallen in in war for for the freedoms that we take. Sometimes we take for granted. Um, you know, there's been quite a few songs in metal that are about soldiers. So let's go in and look at some of those. And we'll just, uh, you know, I'm going to check onto the Loudwire here because they posted a few of them as well. Looks like uh, number one on the list, obviously, is uh, Rooster by Allison Chains. You know, it was Jerry Cantrell's uncle. Uh, was a sniper in Vietnam, so interesting stuff there. Uh, one, of course, by Metallica, and, and for whom the bell tolls. The Trooper by Iron Maiden. Uh, yeah, definitely. Uh, Drowning Pool uh, Soldiers. Uh, the Doors, Unknown Soldier. Fortunate Son by CCR. Remember the Heroes by Sammy Hagar. Uh, Far Away Coast by the Dropkick Murphys. Uh, Soldiers Things by Tom Waits. Uh, the Sands of Iwo Jima by Drive-By Truckers. Uh, the Good Soldier by Nine Inch Nails. Uh, Army Bound by Ted Leo and the Pharmacists. You know, and they had one on the list here that I was kind of interested in. Uh, they had Civil War by Guns N' Roses. And, you know, the, the thing in there, what's so civil about war anyway? Um, do you believe it's about soldiers, though? Or is it a, or is it more about society? What what are your thoughts on that? Is it is it more about society or is it more about like, you know, picking up your gun and going to war? And one of the that they didn't put on the list, which I was surprised, was um, disposable heroes. I guess because they already had two Metallica songs. Uh, I think I would have taken off Civil War. Yeah, I know it's um, you know there's some reference in Civil War, but overall, is it? Uh, what are your thoughts? Send me some info on it. Um, we'll get it on the air next week. All right, this week on the show, we have Black Knight from Lexington, Kentucky. Um, horror, metal, punk. Kind of reminds me of Motorhead and um, just a little bit darker, dingier, I guess, in the, uh, in the playing, in the timber of music. Um, awesome shit, though. If you're a fan of Motorhead and you're a fan of punk... Um, I think you're going to love these guys, uh, cause they're fucking cool as shit. Um, kind of reminds me if you're familiar with hookers, uh, hookers kind of has that same tone, that same, 
ah, that grittiness that's in there. Uh, so definitely going to dig that. Um, they do have a few releases, which is pretty fucking cool. Uh, they do have two full-length albums, which are Spellcaster and Self-Titled. Uh, they have a 7-inch split with Lustrum, and they have a split with Abigail. Uh, and they have recently released, as in like within the last few days, they've released the Flying Death 7-inch split with Whip Striker. Um, so... It's limited to 200, and it's available on their Bandcamp, so get that shit before you can't get it anymore. Because it's gonna end up selling out fast. Because these guys are fucking awesome. Be looking for them uh, July the 11th. Uh, it's Transplant Fest 3 with Midnight, Malignancy, Shed the Skin, Tyrant, Black Knife, Obscene, Stonecutters. Uh, it's 71120 uh, or Southgate House Revival. Uh, in Newport, Kentucky. It's a uh, $25 pre-sale, $30 uh, pre-sale, and uh, $35 day of show. But it's going to be fucking worth it. And look for me there. Uh, if you find me, tell me your name. I'll give you a patch, uh, assuming some are still available. I'm going to be bringing all of my stuff with uh, with me. So, hell yeah. Let's uh let's get this shit going. This is Pentagram of Rats from the Spellcaster album from Black Knife. Be back in just a few. Hey, what is going on? And just coming back off of Pentagram of Rats, I have Black Knife on the phone. How how are you guys doing? How are you all today? We're, we're doing good, man. We just got done practicing. And uh, we're actually in a, a rare kind of situation where we have a spot big enough where we can distance and still uh, get together and write and work on the album. So we're pretty fortunate. So we're, we're doing good. That is... An, you know, I've been seeing uh, on Facebook posts from bands that, that have been on the show where they're actually starting to uh, reincorporate practicing with, you know, the social distancing guidelines and such like that, which is pretty cool. Um, I mean, because assuming, you know, you're playing at a decent size venue, I mean, you're you're probably going to be at least six feet apart on the stage in most places, I would say. Well, in some places. Some places, players. yeah. <laughs> You, most of the places we play haven't been that big, but <laughs> some, you know, and we're hoping we're, we're on that fest. I think we talked a little bit about the transplant fest in Ohio coming up with Midnight, a bunch of other really cool bands. Uh, so yeah, man, we're hoping that works out. It's seven uh, eleven date on that, and uh, you know, if it all works out well, hopefully we can we can still do that. I hope so. Um, when I was looking at the stuff for Kentucky, it was kind of sketchy by the end of June. And it was like. 50 people at uh, at, a, right. at like a club or a bar and I was just like oh how's that going to work out and you know I assume that the first 50 people that bought tickets to it are still going to get there as honored or is that yeah, sure. uh, that's that's a big 
it's a big can of worms at this point, I think. Um, right. I think a lot of our issues are going to end up being, is that 50 people? In- <laughs> yeah, we were, we were joking about that earlier, too. It's like, I don't know, if 50 includes the band, then it may be a little, you know, like a little weird. We'll all just play to each other, that's fine. Yeah, is it, does it include the band and the people working, or is it like just people coming in? Or First of all, why don't you introduce yourselves to the Metal Forge audience? Oh, uh, well, we're Black Knife, scheduled, or actually based out of Lexington, Kentucky. Um, we play like a, kind of a blend of black metal and punk, just all the stuff that we like, with uh, some heavy thrash leaning, I guess you'd say, and uh, a little bit of uh, all that kind of thrown in a blender. And so we've just been uh, doing our thing with a fairly young band. We're all members of bands previously, and then this is a pretty young band, relatively speaking. So uh, we're, we're just kind of doing our thing and getting out there, man. We uh, sold, sold my car, bought a van, had these big, 2020 plans to tour this year. We were really going to get out there, and then the whole COVID-19 kind of kicked us in the balls a little bit with that. But, uh, but yeah, we're, we're definitely going to get out there a lot more as soon as this is all over. So. De- definitely. Uh, I think I had said, you know, in the in the monologue to, to the show, I was like, you kind of remind me of Motorhead and, and the Hookers. Oh, man. That's and, high praise. Yeah, <laughs> and it's just like... It's like black punk, I think. <laughs> it's it, but it's That's it's good. awesome. I I dig Thank the <laughs> dig the two albums in the split, uh, and so speaking of, how do you all get together to do writing? Uh, it, do you does one of you just bang everything out? I mean, is it all a collaborative effort? Well, generally speaking, yeah, it all starts with the riff, you know. And um, I get a lot of ideas just kind of popping in my head, and, and I uh, I usually just kind of start writing riffs, man. And, uh, I kind of start there and I, I'll bring it, you know, I usually do most of the writing with it and then I'll bring it to practice and everybody kind of chimes in and, uh, you know, I'll bring like a skeletal backbone with a loose idea and then they kind of flush it out with me and we sort of decide what works. So it's been a shock to write the riff that he's super excited about. I mean, he sends it to our phones pretty much immediately and he probably doesn't want me to say this, but he's usually in his pajamas, and he's so excited that he doesn't even care. He's like, you all have to listen to this. Get out. <laughs> <laughs> Wet pants. No, no, it's the whole thing. He's like, don't judge my jammy pants. <laughs> right? Well, it's all about, it's all about uh, being comfortable, I think. Absolutely. Because I know I I write a lot in my, uh, my pajama pants, too, so <laughs> I can relate. It works. It's comfortable. Yeah, it does. It it, it absolutely works. Talking about albums. So you do have two albums out. You've got Self-Titled and you've got Spellcaster. And you also have a couple of splits, uh, one with Abigail, one with Lustrum. And now you have one with Whipstriker, correct? That that is correct, yeah. That just came out a couple days ago. And I actually just uh, left the post office in the first wave of... uh, packages out and people have been really really enthusiastic about it we sold some uh, to people in different countries and stuff so we're, we're always really appreciative and stoked on that for sure this is a new feature that i'm starting on the show the last couple of weeks i've had had a couple mick wants to know how did you all land with whip striker how did you all come about come about getting a an opportunity to do a split with them well, we, we kind of uh, did the sort of the thing that we did with Abigail. Um, I, I literally just kind of like threw it out there for them and just uh, sent them a link to our band camp and was like, hey, we're huge fans. We're way into your music. You guys are an influence. And we're really uh, just, you know, fans first. And then we kind of sent them a link and just uh, threw it out there. And luckily they said yes. So we've just been really fortunate that, that these bands have liked what we've done. It's, it's a huge you know, honor to us, too, to kind of share space with guys like Abigail and Whipstriker. Uh, we actually played a fest with Whipstriker, and safe to say we were a lot further down on the flyer than they were. <laughs> but uh, so we were like really, really stoked they said yes, and it's just a really cool opportunity for us. So it just worked out. We just threw it out there, and they said yeah. So. Yeah, it's one of those moments where you kind of geek out, and you're just like, what? Did that just happen? Yeah, but- Absolutely. Uh, yeah, that's how a few of my things that I've had like that, I've done it as a joke. And it's like, what's the worst that can happen? You know, they can say no. I mean, and then when they, yeah, and then if somebody you. says yes, and you're just like, oh shit, now this is reality. <laughs> that's <laughs> yeah, how, that's how mine has worked. 
right. Uh, sure. Definitely Koofy and our logos together on the same album. I kind of like fanboy out a little bit, and I stop and look at it. It's like, wow, we did a thing. You know, it's pretty fucking. It's really cool. And that's that's what it's about. You know, it's. I think it's about the love of being able to do stuff like that. You know, especially with the the bands that you're interested in as a fan. For sure. Yeah. Absolutely. So when you write the songs, um, do you have working titles you assign to things? We we do. They, a lot of times they start with the chorus, and then they kind of, uh, I kind of write everything and tie it together with the chorus, and the chorus is usually kind of the melody that comes to mind first. But uh, I, I was kind of reading up on your questions a little bit, and I know you said that, you know, you were laughing about some of the ones people have tossed out, and uh, we all had a good laugh talking about the, the one I wrote that got scrapped that we get the most laughs about. It's called uh, Studded Leather Up Your Ass, and uh, that one never made the cut. But I don't know. It's just too funny and great. We might have to work it into something. I, but, uh, but would that have yeah. been a working title, or would that have actually went on to be the title? No. <laughs> no it wasn't actually an honestly thing, but we're never ruling it out. It's just like such a, a great title. I don't, know, I don't know. But yeah, Stutter Leather Up Your Ass is the one we got a good laugh about that got cut. That never made the, the cut, I guess. That's awesome. I, I always love like, I always love it when bands come up with something and it's just like ridiculous, you know, right. like Frank and Paul or some shit like that, you know, right. <laughs> uh, just Wait, like or or really me, uh, lewd ones. Right. The uh, the one that always killed me regurgitates uh, fucking your daughter with a frozen vomit fuck stick always made me laugh as a, a youngster. So that's the nice. <laughs> 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 like laugh, they go hard. Uh, I, I love like writing them on the wall of the practice space and just saying, <laughs> and then getting eight working titles down there. And then you have to draw the line over to say, well, this is this song now. <laughs> right. Right. It's yeah. always fun. Uh, For sure. Blister fuck is now this <laughs> stuff like that. You know, <laughs> That is that it. is a true right. story. That is that is an <laughs> that is an overload song. <laughs> well, uh, Tiffany uh, Tiffany's dog just had a, a, a weird thing happen today, and she had the blood pocket on on her ear, and we're like, "Oh shit, that's terrible," and all that. But then we're like, "Hey, song title, blood pocket." I don't know. Ooh, blood pocket. We might have to use it. I don't know. You know, that's not it's a good. bad idea. That's <laughs> and that's not even a working title. That could be a real title. I mean, hey, man, never say never, you know? Uh, everybody has influences out there. Um, if you could have written or recorded any uh, a song or an album from somebody else, what would it be? I mean, for me, I would have said Slayer, Rain and Blood, because it's just like a flawless thrash album. Like, I, I just grew up, it's everything, man. It's got Satan, thrash, just insane, fast, just rhythm section, and just just a flawless, fucking amazing record. So that's like what really got me going as a, a young, you know, young kid coming up and Slayer Rain and Blood for me personally. Definitely. And it's a short, and it's a rather short album too. It's like 29 minutes. Right. Yeah. It's not like anything we really do, but I would have to say Typo Negative so we're all coming down. Okay. I just think it's a perfect album start to finish and I'm a huge Typo fan. Definitely. Yeah. I always think that it's interesting, you know, pulling influence from other other sources that, you know, aren't necessarily what you do or, you know, what anybody else would do. Um, but it's like, well, they don't sound, you know, it's like the thing of, well, they don't sound anything like that. How, you know, but it's, it's awesome to have an influence like that. I think. For sure. You know, I'm a, I like John Denver personally, you know, (laughs) but you know, I play thrash. So, Absolutely. So I get it. You know, yeah. I totally get that. I get it, man. It just depends on. I listen to everything from Chuck Berry to Satanic Warmaster and like you know just fucking whatever you know. And it's all about variety. It just depends on what mood you're in. Any music that can take you from mood A to mood B or kind of like fit the mood you're in, you know, that's that's awesome. Definitely. What else uh, was was the uh, the albums? Well, no, I, I just said I thought maybe. Serpent of the Light by Deicide for the just brutality of it and maybe Brain Drill, um, their very first album for the technicality of it. I can go along with that. That's definitely the. the br- them, but it's just 300 beats a minute, balls to the wall speed. Right. 
Matt comes from a kind of a math metal background. He was in a band called A Nightmare and a Cataclysm. It was just this wild fucking math metal band. And so I know he's got a lot of that coming into the, the equation. You don't really, like you said, necessarily hear that in this particular band, but we all kind of throw our, our hat in the ring a little bit and come up with fun stuff. You know? I always... What's that? We all just enjoy different versions of heavy music from all aspects. Right, and I think it's, you know, it shows the the true test of being an artist is, you know, having multiple influences where in multiple ways of playing with its different members, you know, as a, it makes a band work. Uh, what inspires you all musically? Uh, <laughs> Working with the public. <laughs> Wanting to kill them. <laughs> yeah, we, all, we all have a very adult jobs. Uh, I work in retail. Tiffany is the manager of four restaurants. And Matt works also in like the food industry, and we're just like around the public, especially right now. Um, oh, I would yes. say you know, using, using music as an escape and a catharsis, and not actually murdering people like you want to sometimes, but making fun little songs about Satanism and murder is uh, a better alternative than actually murdering people. So we just cook it right better. Freedom a little more that way, but no, like all jokes aside, like it is kind of tongue in cheek, but we it is there's a lot of escapism, but there is something to it to kind of like okay, you have to be fake nice to these fucking people all day long, you can kind of like let the lid off the jar a little bit, and it's, it's fun, you know, for us, it's an escape, right? On, so. uh, and on the uh, you know, it's not actually murdering people, um, uh, Burzum excluded, oh, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> bad joke. Hey. Bad joke. Yeah, yeah. Uh. yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I like it. <laughs> <laughs> right. But um, it's an interesting psyche, I guess, to look at from an outside perspective. But yeah, personally, yeah, I, I can't support that. <laughs> oh, definitely, definitely, because it's, I don't know, it's it's just kind of weird. Um, do you listen to yourself musically? <laughs> Josh is our biggest fan. <laughs> <laughs> I do. Yeah, my, my wife gives me shit all the time. I, I'm Kanye over here listening to myself. and uh, But no, like I, I listen to stuff to kind of like analyze and see what I can improve on. I, I think it's safe to say for, for any artist, you know, the take you got on a, a record is never your favorite take. And you're like, after you record it, you improve upon it. You listen to it a thousand times and you're like, shit, I could have done that better. And I did listen to your show, uh, the episode with Deb Levine from Lady Beast, which also I'm a fan of. They're really cool. Um, she was talking a little bit. She was talking a little bit about that too. I thought that was really cool that she mentioned that. But you're, you know, the artist is never satisfied. You're always your own worst critic, and and I'm definitely bad about just sitting around and going, "Well, okay, did this or should have done that." But, right. um, but you know, we definitely, I definitely do. I'm our biggest fan, I guess. <laughs> I'm our biggest fan on Facebook. Facebook sent me a notification to let me know that. <laughs> <laughs> that you're that you're the you got the little diamond on there. You're top fan. <laughs> <laughs> That that's awesome. <laughs> uh, For sure. But what about the non? Uh, just as a fan, do you do you listen to it just as a fan or anything? Like I, taking away the critique I mean, yeah. factor of it. I do sometimes. I mean, it's I, I'm, like I said, I'm, I'm proud of it, man, because it's for me personally. It's my second. Guitar and vocals are kind of my second instrument. I played drums in a band for a band called Cadaver and Drag for like 15 years. And so really, you know, guitar is not my first thing. And so I do, you know, I sit back and I kind of like, well, shit, I did this. I did a thing. And, and we work hard on these songs and we put a lot into it. And we drive across town and get together every week and practice and, and work to improve. So I do kind of listen to it as a fan too. And I, I try my best to make an album I would want to buy. And you said something about the hookers and all those guys. I'm sure there's an influence in there. I mean, I've always loved the hookers. They're one of my favorite bands. Same. So, <laughs> Same for me, too. I was actually on Discogs yeah. earlier looking up some of their uh, some of their splits. <laughs> so. <laughs> yeah. yeah, man. And I've known those guys uh, for years. and Just great dudes. And I love their music. So I'm sure it creeped into the, the psyche somewhere along the line, you know. If you could have played any concert uh, from days gone past, you know, like the you always hear about the the big shows, you know, not necessarily Woodstock or something like that, but like you know the Isle of Wight, um, uh, St- uh, D- Castle Donington, Walking, any of those. Is there anyone right. in particular that you would ever want to play? Uh, 
Well, I personally would have loved to have been Moscow in 1991 with Metallica and Pantera and ACDC in front of a half a million people. Yeah, the Monsters so, you know, of Rock. Like, I playing, uh, maybe more people would have died. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's gonna be the that's gonna be the tag on the page. No, <laughs> I did have a, a project I did back in the day. We played at some show, and somebody from the local paper wrote it and said that if someone's grandma would have heard it, we could have killed somebody's grandma with that music. And I died laughing. I was like, God damn, that's the best review we could have ever gotten. But, but, you guys, you know, but, uh, but no, like, this is the one we were all weirded out about a little bit in our head. Like, I don't know, man. It's like a, a crazy one. I, I was listening to your show, and I love what uh, Nicholas Burks was saying. He was talking about, he's like, can I be on Kiss Alive too? And I'm like, yes, can I also be on Kiss Alive too? But um, I don't know. It's a good one, man. Maybe Ramones, Loco Live. I would have loved to have played on that album because I grew up listening to that, and it fucking destroys, and I love it. But Hell yeah. I don't know. It's a I would definitely say that, yeah. And and the alive thing, you know, that's a, he's the only person who has actually ever said a live album of somebody, you know. Yeah, and that's total. That. That's totally cool. So yeah, I could totally dig, you know, you know the live album aspect of things. So oh, for sure, man. Um, like when I was coming up, my dad was really young, and he was in a Kiss cover band. Actually, fun story. And uh, he got me into Kiss, got me into the Ramones, and uh, kind of like that Dark Throne song, Raised on Rock, we always laugh about, like, that's my song, because my dad was like, Will you go, son, and giving me Ramones tapes and stuff. And I heard the Ramones Loco live, they're just live in Barcelona, just playing these songs, they're playing them four times faster than the normal album. I'm like, holy shit, I'm like, losing my mind. They play, like, 52 songs in, like, 30 minutes or something. But anyway, I guess I could, yeah, if I could have been on that, that would have been pretty epic for me personally. Right on. Anybody else? I mean, not, but I didn't write that question. I couldn't really think of, like, epic shows from the past. I just thought about if I could put together any show, I would probably want to play with Venom and Goat Horror and Hell the Cross. I think that would be a pretty awesome lineup to play with. That would be. You know, that's one of the things that, you know, I would love to see Venom. Just because. Oh, uh, no. Yeah, we we get that thrown around a lot. We get compared to them a lot, and I'm always just I'm never mad about it. I'm like, fuck yes, I'll take that all day, every day. Like people are like, yeah, you got like a venom vibe. I'm like, thank you. You know, we're, we're, I wear that very proudly. So <laughs> definitely, yeah. I mean, you know, I could actually see that now that now that I'm thinking about it. You know, now that you bring it up, I yeah. can. After listening to the the stuff, yeah, I could see a venom. For sure. A Venom deal in there. And I, don't, I think it's partially it's partially music. It's partially vocal. And, yeah, I could see that. that that's a that's a notch to, you know, I would I would be proud of that. So, Absolutely. Personally, we, I we would love. be. Yes. <laughs> I don't know how much touring um, you have done uh, with Black Knife, you know, where other places you have played, but do you have a favorite venue or city you would, you like to perform in? Um, we haven't done as much touring as we like. We've only get kind of got up and down like a couple spots in the Midwest. We, like I said, we had bigger plans for 2020 and this was, our year. this was going to be our year, but you know, but we love, we played Detroit. I love like the atmosphere. The people there were fucking awesome. And like, uh, it was just like such an awesome show. And, like, we just love the scene in Detroit. They, they, I think they get us in Detroit. We do very well there. And we were very well received. And we had intentions of going back before all this. We should have actually already played there again by now. We love Detroit. As far as local, like, Lexington, Kentucky, we love playing the Green Lantern. Our, you know, everybody that works there, they're friends of ours. We always have good shows there. Like, we just have a fucking blast every time we play there. And it's just, like, awesome. So we love the Green Lantern in Lexington. They treat us well. They treat us well, and they're friends, and they're fucking cool. And we try to suggest them to any touring band that comes through. So, and it's a, and it's an intimate spot. I mean, it's not, you know, you can have thirty, forty people in there, and it's packed. It's not like a, right, yeah. you know, it's not like a thing where you're gonna have thirty, forty people in a place, and it just like not be. It, it looks like you could you could throw something out and hit no one. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, 
definitely I could see the Green Lantern. Absolutely. That's cool. And, and plus cool it looks cool there. there. Yeah, that's cool that you've been there, you know, living in Indiana and stuff. I didn't know that you'd been there before. That's cool. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Um, all right, so this is kind of the general-esque deal here. These are questions that are kind of just, just like general profile questions. Um, because I always like to ask, you know, more about you as you as people rather than, you know, the metal and, and all the music. Because I think, you know, it's our similarities and our differences that make us compatible. So do you, do you all have a favorite film? Uh, well, the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre, uh, I love just because it has influenced my writing and music and in the really terrible movies I was in as a kid. <laughs> <laughs> All the crappy bands. The fun story, Matt's got a song that's been kind of sitting on deck for a long time called Leatherface, and we're going to actually work it into the new album, it's just a song about Leatherface, and it's too funny. He's like, man, I've never gotten it on anything. And we're like, we're going to 20 years. 20 years or something. The song has been on deck. <laughs> but uh, I love Texas Chainsaw 2 as well because we used to, I used to live in this like trailer that was just a big party house when I first moved out on my own. It was not like uncommon for 50 or 60 people just to show up. And it's like the scene from Animal House or something. But we always had three VHSs just laying around. And it was like Hellraiser 2, Texas Chainsaw 2 because it was just fucking hilarious and awesome. And Dolomite. Just on those three. <laughs> just on Don't ask me why, but those are the three that were just always on, and we're drinking like fifty beers and just being idiots and just watching those, man. But I don't know; they're kind of nostalgic for me now, you know. Absolutely, you know that's that's so funny because you know. Uh, I was I was talking with somebody else a while back, and I don't think it was actually on the show, but I pointed out the the poster for TCM two is a knockoff on the Breakfast Club poster. Oh, yeah. Like, where they're all sitting around, and it's just like, they're all in the same formation, and if I'm not mistaken, the uh, the Molly Ringwald character is actually done by Chop Top on the, on the uh, poster, so... Oh, it, shit. It, yeah, it's total cool stuff. So just so. the whole Bill Moseley thing. I just saw a, a recent interview with him with something with with uh, and he, he was just like in normal mode, and I just see him as Chop Top all the time, so it kind of weirded me out. I'm like, wait a minute, you know, and you know, logically he's an actor, but I'm like, come on, dude, you're Chop Top, like, really right. good guy. Well, <laughs> he's a he's a hoot on Twitter if you follow him. Yeah, but no, uh, Bill Mosley is hilarious to to follow on Twitter. He he always reposts these uh, caption this pictures, and he always oh. comes up with some goofy crap. <laughs> that he does, and it's just like, oh, come on, dude, really? Yeah. <laughs> I would catch him, lick my plate, you dog bitch, just whatever, you know, <laughs> would lick my plate. <laughs> you know, it's interesting how much, uh, how much Chop Top is actually in Otis also. Right. Yeah, I kind of thought that, too. Yeah. I got that thing. But yeah, he's just a, a great actor, man. And we just always, we would die. Like, we were just sitting around partying and drinking a thousand beers. And he's like, you fucked up my good Sonny Bono wig. And we're just dying. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, so Yes. changed it forever, man. It's yeah. so good. That, but those those three films in the, in, in the party house, that's awesome. <laughs> what about everybody else? I mean, just to put something out there that people aren't expecting everybody expects Metal Band horror movies I love horror movies but I love the Big Lebowski and I love anything that Will Ferrell is in if people want to judge me that's fine but that man is hilarious I agree <laughs> I love the Big Lebowski I'm, I'm not huge on Will Ferrell stuff I, I like people some things it's kind of one of those things right it's a love or hate kind of thing but then again, you know, I think the Big Lebowski's that way too. You get a huge cult following that loves the film, but then there's a lot of people that are just like, I don't get it. Yeah, people get it or they don't. Right. <laughs> because it's a, I think it's a, it's a film about nothing almost. It, yeah. It, it's just like, what's the point? Dude just wants <laughs> I mean, his really dude just wants it. his rug back. <laughs> I remember there was one of those Facebook personality test things you could take. And it says that I was the dude, and I felt very proud of that. 
career with honor. You know, <laughs> and when I was younger, I was probably the dude. I think I'm turning into Walter, though. <laughs> <laughs> no. Me too, man. It's, it's, yeah. Actually, I'm probably turning more into Donnie. Like, really? Come on, man. Hey, I'm bowling here, you know? <laughs> God damn it, Donnie. <laughs> it, is one of the, it is one of the more beautiful things uh, if you have ever been in a band with a Donnie after that movie <laughs> came out. Because it, it always is great when you get to use the line, shut the fuck up, Donnie. Right. Amazing. Do you have a favorite food? Oh well, we we had a long pause because we're like we eat more food than any band in the world. Oh no, I'm pretty sure that's not true. But (laughs) well, we're we're snack knife, and and Tiffany is a hardcore foodie, and we all just love to eat. So we're like. touch over that I, I i love hot sauce yeah get in touch man seriously we did a uh, like a black knife drag you to hell sauce and i was a little like are people gonna buy that i don't know dude people flip out they were standing at the merch table like fuck your shirt fuck your out give me the hot sauce <laughs> they're like all about it. right i was like oh cool so it's, it's, it's awesome dude that's the man i mean i think you know it's got to taste like satan so, as, as long as you can achieve that, I think people will buy it. <laughs> but it also had nice flavors of, like, smoky garlic and onions. So, it had a lot of flavor. It was hot as hell, but it also had, like, all those flavors in it. So, that's what made it so good. Hell, yeah. Fermented garlic. Yeah. That's killer. I, that's just awesome. That That's totally cool. <laughs> And now we're snack knife. <laughs> snack knife. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Um, do you have an ultimate jam? The 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 thing that comes back to your media player all the time. Uh, well, man, like I was talking about the uh, rain and blood, and, and when I'm jamming that, I mean everybody goes for rain and blood, you know, raining blood, whatever. But for me, it was always altar of sacrifice. And then I'm, the, I'm like, I finally got to see Slayer live on this last tour. And so when I'm, like, screaming in people's face, like, ah, oh, shit, I'm, like, you know, ready for it. But, yeah, they, they did alter sacrifice at one point, and I lost my shit. But that's, that's always one that I get extra amped over. Um, any old Slayer, but alter sacrifice is probably my, my one I really love. Hell, yeah. <clears throat> I've got two. Um, this that comes on at any point in time, I'm going to go dance up here to house and, like, be happy immediately. Uh, the first one is probably um, Midnight Can't Stop Steel. Fuck yeah. And the second one's going to be Ben on the League with Satan. Yes. All day, yeah. <laughs> 88 Fingers Louie is a band out of Chicago. Absolute favorite band, any music, any genre, any style. Hell yeah. Um, I asked the guilty pleasure question, and somebody had, um, in an upcoming show says, you know, if you're, you know, past the age of 12, guilty pleasure is probably... it you probably shouldn't refer to it as that. So is there an, is there any song in particular that you would put out there and say, you know, this, it would be surprising to people that I would, that I would listen to. Baby shark. (laughs) (laughs) Matt loves baby shark. He won't turn it off. No, no, uh, for me, a lot of people would probably be surprised that I own like, a ass ton of Tom Jones records. I love Tom Jones. And, uh, you know, you probably wouldn't expect that, but I do, man. And 
And like I was listening to your thing with Nicholas Burks commented on it too. Like we were talking about him before. I love what he was saying. He was just like fucking Stevie Wonder and blah blah blah. It's like dude, you know, like you Ted said, Nugent. Like, well, I'm not guilty about it. It's just I like a lot of different shit. But uh, Tom Jones for me, man, and I love him. Um, I like uh, Michael Gray's era of Misfits and kept shit for that all the time, but I don't care. So I can like it. It was just like my shit when I was a teenager. So right. <laughs> It is what it is. He's like, it's not Danzig. And I'm like, I don't care, dude. Fucking, I, I kind of like it. So, you know, I can't tell of it, but it, it, it's good. Well, the thing with that is, I, I think, you know, Danzig had his day with them, and he definitely had his day after them. So I could totally dig, you know, the Michael Graves stuff. I get yeah, that. Yeah, it's, for sure. it, it's different, you know. It's like, it's like Motorhead with Phil and Mickey as opposed to with Filthy Phil and Fast Eddie Clark. It's different, but it's equally as good. I agree. Totally, man. Sorry, I probably should have put uh, Wurzel in there, too, because he's fucking awesome, too. <laughs> so, uh, and the band I probably get the most shit for liking is Hole. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to shit all over that, too. <laughs> well, you know what? You know what? Listen, I was learning to play guitar when I was 12, and... She, I saw her, and I was like, yeah, you're fucking cool. And I still like it, and I just can't help it. It's terrible, awful music, but it's the best way, and I love it. There's something to be said about whatever's rooted in nostalgia, too, you know, and it's nostalgia. You know, I was watching a show the other day, and they had, like, a flashback scene, and they played Hole on there. I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> it's like, that's still out? That's still... People still hear that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm still listening. Well, I mean, and that's the whole thing. Yeah, I lived through this album. I still listen to that on like the weekly basis. Right. To me, it's always the thing too. It's like you know, you like what you like, so yeah. that's all cool. You know, it, it's all it's all cool to that. You know, I love it when people tell me uh, ABBA. Actually, yeah. So because. Why not? Did, you Why know. not, man? Yeah. Life's short. Listen to have a fuck, you know. I, <laughs> I also like Tori Amos. Hey, Tori Amos has some awesome songs, and she does really awesome cover tunes. All right. She did. She covered Slayer. I mean. And there you go. Um, yeah. She's covered Slayer. She's covered uh, Nirvana. Uh, Bob Dylan. What's that? She covered Bob Dylan. Yeah, so I mean, and she, you know, it, it it's good stuff. I, I mean, I totally dig that, and I'm pretty sure she's done some Nine Inch Nails covers. So, well, I mean, she gets some credit for dating Trent Reznor. So, well, true. I mean, yeah. anybody would get credit for that. I think. Yeah. <laughs> Not hating on Trent, just saying. <laughs> <laughs> um. Commenting. Uh, <laughs> yeah, just saying. Uh, <laughs> as a musician, we all have shit that goes wrong. Uh, we slip and fall. We, you know, we have cables that uh, quit working during a song, and then as soon as the song is over, they they miraculously work again. Right. right? So, um, I assume you're all familiar with Spinal Tap. Oh yeah, or, that was another movie that was at the party house a lot. I forgot to mention. Definitely, yeah. because it's yeah. it's fucking hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> um, do you have any Spinal Tap moments you would like to share? Yeah, this one this one's like more on the dark end. This is more more something out of like Tales from the Crypt, I guess, than Spinal Tap. But it's so fucked up. It's probably one of the more well, it is the most fucked up thing that's probably ever happened while we've ever played. So, um, but yeah, we we're playing Chicago. And we hit the first note of the first song, and I see red lights everywhere, and there are cops out there, and I'm like, oh, shit, what's going on? We just kind of look out. I'm pretending, you know, I'm, like, in my mode, and I'm up there playing and doing my thing, and then uh, we go out after the show. I'm like, what the fuck is going on? Somebody had slammed into a car with a pregnant woman in the car, and the car had slid all the way up to, like, two inches from our actual car, and there's glass and blood everywhere. And we're just like, holy shit, like, what is, what's going on? It's definitely, like, the most fucked up thing that's ever happened at any show we've ever played. Definitely. And I don't know whatever, I don't know whatever came of the woman. Like, she was gone. Obviously, the ambulance came and got here. There's police tape all outside the place. And we're just like, holy shit. 
more of a, a Tales from the Crypt kind of thing, the Final Tap thing, but definitely the most like fucked up thing that's ever happened, I would say. Yeah, that's that's definitely fucked up. But you know, hopefully they're uh hopefully they're okay and listen to the I Metal Forge. So. so I hope so. So definitely. Yeah. Crazy. On a funnier note was the moment, um and not in this band, but in my previous band, um I thought I had more stage behind me than I did and went to um push my amp back some because it was just really crowded and profound and I actually pushed my whole rig off the stage in front of everyone. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So, so it's one of my more stupid feeling moments of my life. It still worked. It was fine because a bunch of people, all the guitar cases were on the concrete floor. I mean, this stage was probably like, I don't know, like eight or nine feet up. And But everybody's guitar cases were behind the stage on the floor. And so when the amp fell, it just landed on all the guitar cases. Jeez. And I actually had... My head had tubes in it, too, and, like, everything was fine somehow. That's that's crazy. Good thing, you know, uh, a tube head, you know, because they're heavy as shit. Um, hopefully, good <laughs> thing nobody was back there. Yeah, no, that would have been really bad. <laughs> that that would have been, oh, my gosh. Death by bass. <laughs> 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 New song titles, man. They just keep coming. The stage was shaped funny because it used to be a strip club, and so like it wasn't the floor didn't go all the way back on both sides. You just went all the way back in the middle, and I I didn't realize that. Yeah, I've played on stages like that. It's it is weird. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah, I mean there was even a stripper pole still on the stage, and I was like, where are we playing? <laughs> oh shit. Oh, does Matt have any Spinal Tap moments he'd like to share? Oh my God! So many. Uh, the speed throwing would be having the van burst into flames on tour while you're in it. Ooh! Uh, pulling off the side of the road to get out of the burning van and uh, kind of being stuck in a small town in West Virginia for a while. That was interesting. Yeah, that that actually sounds kind of scary. I don't think I would want to share that. <laughs> <laughs> being stuck in West Virginia. Yeah, yeah, middle of nowhere. Uh, I was in the band, that math middle band he was talking about earlier, Nightmare and a Cataclysm. We were playing with a band from Japan, last of all. And uh, we, about three in the morning, we're coming around some coming around the mountain when she comes and uh, having a deep discussion. And suddenly we smelled smoke was behind us. It's all flames and smoke sold over, just burst into flames. And we all took off running away from the van as it was burning. And the kids from Japan had already way, way ahead of us taking pictures of it. So there's a picture of the van bursting into flames of us running away from it, kind of like a, a movie poster. And so that became our album cover. Had to. Definitely. That's that's actually, a, you know, yeah, it sucks, but that's, you know, it's kind of a, a, a plus there because you, you know, you did get an album cover out of it. Hey, it was called Hell on Wheels because all those kids from Japan, anytime, anytime something really cool would happen, Instead of saying, that's cool, that's awesome, they would say, hell on wheels. They're like, well, there's our album title. That's awesome. And like I said, you know, it's it's a positive ending. Hey. <laughs> uh, what is your greatest achievement as a musician? Uh, well, like I said, me personally, you know, taking on guitar and frontman duties and stuff after being a drummer and basically starting at it, you know, really late in life in my 30s. For, you know, anybody picking up an instrument like that, um, I'm pretty proud of that, that I, I just kind of willed myself to do it, because I'd always play drums in a band, and I'm like, man, I want to I do guitar and vocal stuff, I've never really done it, and just kind of kicking my own ass into doing it, so I was pretty proud of uh, the fact that I've been able to do it, man. Um, you know, I'm not the most technical guitarist, I definitely know that, but uh, just kind of staying in my comfort zone and, and just taking the, you know, the reins with it and just doing it. I'm proud that I was able to do that. Right on. I think it works, though. You know? Yeah. And and if it works, yeah, and less is more sometimes. Absolutely. That's something that a lot of um, bands that I've noticed uh, that have had some crazy popularity over the last, you know, six or seven years, they're not all technical bands. You know, they don't, Mm -hmm. they're not all Weedles and, and, 
giant fills or anything. There, there's a lot more simplistic parts to the music. Right. Um, I saw a recent interview with Paul Stanley talking about that. You know, he was just like on quarantine showing it off, you know, just him playing the rhythm section of a certain song. And he's like, hey, I just, you know, stay in my lane. I know I'm not the most technical guy. He's like, there's a reason we have a lead guitarist and that I'm the rhythm guitarist. <laughs> you know, he was very honest about it. And uh, there's something to be said to that, you know, sometimes just a good catchy song, just something very like, you know, it's the punk rock aesthetic and sometimes less is more. And that's kind of what we do. Tiffany? I would say for me, uh, I mean, it's not really like an achievement, but just the fact, I think, that I just keep going and keep trying to do something in music. Um, you know, anybody who's done this knows that there's a million times that you question why you do it and why you keep going and is it worth it? Um, especially as you get older. Um, so I think my biggest achievement is just that I keep going because I know that like, when it comes time, like when I die, if I, if I didn't even try, I'm not going to be okay with how I live my life. Definitely. Uh, that's... I think that's one of the biggest questions that any musician has is, you know, questioning, you know, why am I still doing this? You know, do I want to keep lugging this heavy ass amp up and down stairs at venues uh, or whatever? You know, why do, why do I keep doing this? And I think that that's awesome, you know, that you still get a fulfillment out of it to keep doing it. It's got to still be fun. I mean, if you're not having fun, then there's no point. Right. I, I agree. Oh. All us, you know, we all work 40 plus hours a week. And so, you know, sitting in practice and shows and like putting that on top of your normal work schedule. If you don't like it or love it or get the fun out of it, then you shouldn't do it. Right. It's not like we're making uh, bags and bags of cash and <laughs> satanic songs about murder at the fucking Green Lantern. You know, like, here's your million dollars, man. Like, you know, and every musician knows that. But, you know, we, we definitely have a fun escape. And we, we love it, man, for sure. Definitely. Definitely for sure. Uh, Matt, do you have anything to add on that? Say, as far as achievement, um, I never did push my son to uh, go into the same field as me. I let him do whatever he wanted to, and I just stood by him the whole way. And he's going to be 18 this November, be an adult. And now he's got his own guitar, his own amp. He's, he ended up growing his hair out just like me. Poor kid looks just like me. <laughs> but, uh, but that's my greatest achievement is him and uh, Cole that's his name and he uh, is starting to play metal starting to pick up some guitar he's got some friends in Tennessee where he's at uh, playing some of the same music and I'm just happy that he finds happiness in the same kind of things that I do definitely heck I yeah that, man. <laughs> that that's that's awesome yeah it always seems like you have the, the two-type parent deal. It's either the ones that are saying, like, well, I'm a drummer and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to teach my son or my, my kid when they're, uh, could be daughter, uh, when they're old enough to reach the pedals and stuff like that. Or you get the ones that, that like you just said, that, hey, this is what I'm into. You do you. you show me what you're into. And that that's cool, dude. Hell yeah. Exactly. He just kind of came to it on his own and, I was thrilled when he was showing me bands that I'd never heard of, and now I'm like, damn, that's really good. Or he, he kind of got me into this old black craft cold <laughs> Now we're both wearing the same shit. That's so fortunate because he could have been listening to some music you absolutely Oh, did. man. Yeah. <laughs> that was great. Oh, nice. Uh, so, the, for most bands, I would say the morbid question. I don't necessarily think this would be too morbid for you all. But if but if heaven or hell exists, uh, what do you want to hear when you arrive where you think you're going? Welcome to hell. The Venom, man. <laughs> Venom's welcome to hell, man. Like, you know, and you go there and Venom's already there just waiting for you, you know, in your situation. No, um, but yeah, Venom's welcome to hell for me. Absolutely. I'd love to hear, hey, Sigler, bourbon and coke? <laughs> That's not really something I want to hear, but I think it would be awesome if Satan handed me a kitten and it had tiny little devil horns that was like the cutest little hell cat ever and that's like your present on entry. <laughs> nice. That's awesome. 
Well, this has been an extremely fun interview, and I appreciate you all coming on. Um, again, Transplant Fest 3 is 7-11-20 um, at the Southgate Revival House. House Revival? Something like that. I'll get it right eventually. <laughs> uh, in Newport, Kentucky. Um, and it's an early show. It starts at like 4 o'clock or something like that. I was looking at on the flyer. Um, it's twenty $25.00. Uh, pre-sale and i think 30 day of show something like that um we'll get it i'll get it right eventually before there because i'm going to plug it a few more times but tell everyone out there how to get a hold of black knife how they can buy merch this new uh uh split that's on vinyl even with um whip striker tell everybody how they can do that uh, we've mainly just been selling everything through our band camp. That's probably the best way to do it. We've already got the, you know, the shipping pre-calculated and all that stuff. So it's just easier. I used to have to just tell everybody, send this much for shipping, blah, 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 blah. And we just found it works better for us just to do everything through band camp. So we've got, uh, our newest album on LP, CD, and tape. It's called, uh, Spellcaster. And then, uh, we've got our split with Whip Striker from Brazil that you just mentioned. Um, it's on band camp as well. And so I would just tell everybody just to go to Bandcamp. I mean, uh, you can buy any format of whatever we have available and also the digital download right there on Bandcamp. So. And other merch as well, because I bought a patch off there. Well. Yeah, we got a patch, um, different stuff. We're on Spotify. We're on every, like, we've got our YouTube, Instagram, Facebook. We're pretty much well, well covered on, on all of it, all the streaming services. So we're, we're just, we're out there. <laughs> Awesome. And do you all have any shout-outs you want to give before before we play Spellcaster? Uh, basically to everyone who has bought our albums and came to our shows and gave us support or booked us and uh, had us play your venues or anything like that, we're hugely, like, we're super grateful to everyone that's ever supported the band. Um, like I said, there's going to be a lot more of us to come, and we're, we're looking to get out there and play play outside of Kentucky a lot more. And we just appreciate everybody so much that supports us. So thank you to you guys. Awesome. Well, thank you all again for, for joining me on the show today. This is Spellcaster. Since 1973, Tattoo Charlie's has been an established body modification studio in Kentucky. Featuring world-renowned artists and piercers, currently with locations on Preston Highway and in Lexington. A staple point in the tattoo community. Learn more at TattooCharlie's.com. Set up your appointment today at 7904 Preston Highway. Our tattoos are done while you wait. Hey, are you all in a band? 
you need merch for shows? By now I'm sure you've seen all the Metal Forge patches that are available, along with many more. Well, the printer I use for those is UKR Patcher. Check them out on Facebook and Etsy. They do awesome custom work and for extremely affordable prices for any band budget. Check them out, UKR Patcher on Facebook and Etsy. Hey everyone, do you play tabletop games like D&D and Pathfinder? Well, hit up Eric at Imagination Studios. Uh, they do custom printing for all your minis for gameplay. Don't forget, they're a licensed Reaper, Artisan Guild, and Mord printer and dealer. Hit up ImaginationStudios502.com for more info. That's ImaginationStudios502.com. E-M-A-G-I-N-A-T-I-O-N Studios502.com. <laughs> 